0: This podcast was recorded and produced on Wuthering Country. We acknowledge the original custodians of the land and pay respects to the elders past, present, and emerging. Hi guys, this is a trigger warning. This episode does contain discussions of suicide and subject around suicide. If this is a trigger to you, please take some time for yourself, look after yourself, and reach out to professional help if needed. Thanks so much, guys. Welcome back to the podcast, guys. My name is Sean Weir. Thank you so much for joining me. Uh, and thank you so much for everyone that reached out last week with uh, the episode with jake pup it was uh, it was an awesome episode and we had some really amazing feedback and I think jake got uh, got some incredible feedback as well. It was really good to hear a lot of people you know obviously uh, that know Jake and um, didn 't really know his story reach out and uh, and sort of make contact with him and show their appreciation for his uh, sort of strength and his uh, humility through the uh, entire process. So thank you for myself and from Jake, for everyone that reached out, it was amazing. Today, guys, I've got uh, another one of my very great friends, another Shaka crew, um, one of the OG Shaka crews, in fact. Um, and that is Graeme Finlay. Graham is, uh, is sitting over the road from me right now. Graham, how are you, mate? Good, mate, how are you? Very good, thank you. And I've just been trying to think of a nickname to call you because I've got, obviously, Pup for, uh, for Pup up for joke. joke. Uh, I've got nicknames for nearly everybody except for yourself and Andy. That's Andy great. is Andy Pandy or pretty as a penny, <laughs> but uh, not for yourself. So mate, how you been? What's, uh, what's going on?
1: I've uh, been good, mate. Uh, not much going on. Work.
0: New dad, almost. Yeah, almost. Getting excited about that. When yeah. is, uh, is bub due? Uh, 23rd of June. 23rd of June. Wow. Just over halfway. So. How are you feeling? Yeah, great. great. Can't wait. Yeah.
1: Something I've really wanted and really
0: looking forward to. It, so it's uh, it's an amazing amazing thing to happen to you, and I know you and Kelly are going to be the great parents, and it's going to be. Uh, I mean, I'll be the best uncle. Um, it's a
1: toss up between you and Andy. I've
0: already taken <laughs> taken the chocolates, um, but no, it's uh, it's very exciting. So, uh, firstly, I want to sort of chat about um, how we met and go through sort of our our sort of history and. Yeah. And stuff like that. So we obviously met. uh, You came to the gym. When was it you first came? May
1: 2019.
0: May 2019. Shit, really? That's like two years ago. Yeah. Wow. Um, You put up with me for that long.
1: Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was on your birthday
0: as well. Was it really? I'm surprised I was working. My birthday's 21st, but uh, yeah, it would have been around that time. So uh, May May 2019. came and you want to do some weights wanted to train actually that was the week I opened Bendigo wasn't it yeah, because right. I had been <laughs> yes no that's a that's a that's a uh, story for another podcast um, I do remember that because you pretty much signed up and then I said oh by the way for the next six months I'm gonna be traveling up and down from Bendigo and I may not even be able to see you <laughs> but you stuck with it um, how many kilos did you lose all
1: that uh, Five kilos wow! Over, yeah, I think six months.
0: Yeah, absolutely, killed it. Um, so we did a lot of obviously like weight training, and um, and then eventually, you know, I think it was probably what start at end of. So start of the end. Start of the end of 2019, heading into 2020, and we sort of obviously became really close mates, and um, then we started to sort of run together and, and work out together. You did a few FX3 challenges.
1: Yeah, I've done the eight week challenge through September October. I think. Yeah, right.
0: And we did the um, the blokes of burpees thing too, didn't we? Yeah. Is that yeah. where you met Kelly? That was the
1: first time I met Kelly. Yeah. Well, you're welcome, yeah. um,
0: <laughs> <Thanks>. <laughs> match, <laughs> matchmaker. Um, so we did that, and then uh, fast forward a few months and. We uh, just happened to go to Bali together. <laughs> yes, Bali. <laughs> Bali was fun. Um, no, but that was really probably a, a, a pretty big time for myself because that was um, heading into 2020, which yeah. is, you know, everyone now knows 2020 was a you know pretty shitty year. Yeah, but right. um, it started off pretty well and uh, I booked tickets to, to Bali and to the, uh, what was it called? Empire Fit. Empire Fit, that's right. It's changed its name now, but Empire Fit. Meant to be there for a week, um, and it was all by myself. And I thought, yeah, I'll go over there and have a bit of a, a week, holiday and, and work out every day. And then the uh, the idea sort of came across if you were to come and booked your tickets and we uh, headed over there. And it was a uh, we were, we were pretty much athletes for. Three three hours of the day. <laughs> the morning. <laughs> the morning. The mornings were athletic. Yeah. Uh,
1: and the walks back.
0: From the walks back from the pubs were, were <laughs> athletics. But um, no, it was a lot of fun though. And uh, it was around the same time. It was probably about a month or so before that, wasn't it? That, um, you know, you offered to help out with the Shaka project.
1: I think I was already on Shaka. So. Yeah. When we went, we went yeah, out of so Bali. I yeah. It was about a month in, or maybe two months into to yeah. working
0: with the Shaka. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and you know it was. It was really at a point too, like I was, uh, obviously Bendigo had, had, had recently just opened, it was, it was a new year. Um, I was sort of trying to focus on growing the gyms, growing Bendigo, um, and you know, Shaka was obviously, it wasn't, um, you know, my number one priority back then, it was sort of getting these gyms back up and running and, and all that sort of stuff. And then you sort of came across and said, look, if you want me to help out. and Bit of a light and light, a light, a bit of a knight in shining armour, um, and help me with social media and all that sort of stuff too. And what's that? Almost, you know, two years now that we've been um, doing the Shaka stuff, which yeah. is which is pretty crazy. And yeah, no, really um, and we've sort of noticed, obviously, in in two years, it's it's gone from you know something that was a bit of a hobby and a bit of a um, side hustle sort of thing for myself as quickly turned into you know we're in the shaka hq right now so yeah. it's sort of um you know we're all working together now we're all sort of we've got all these goals that we want to achieve with the shaka project all that sort of stuff too so it's really expanded it's taken over my life for sure and i know it's, it's sort of taken over your life yeah, as well definitely. um but it's crazy what happens in two years yeah it? oh,
1: it's gone it's mental. Absolutely crazy yeah. i remember being in bali i think we we're like three thousand followers Mm. And yeah, fast forward, not even 12 months, up like to you know, 14
0: and a half. 14 and a half, people. yeah. That's I remember crazy. sitting at a bar saying, oh, "I reckon we can get to 5,000." By the time we, in, by the time we leave Bali, yeah, I think we did. I think we did yeah, <laughs> and we we're absolutely ecstatic. Yeah, but um, yeah, it's it's absolutely crazy how sort of how far it's come since um, mm-hmm. well, obviously since the beginning, but even in the last year, two years, it's yeah, it's absolutely crazy. But um. Yeah, I think that, that's our history, and then obviously fast forward to now, um, a new year, we're, we're starting to get back into it, although right now we're in a bit of a lockdown, which is uh, pretty shit, um, but you know, it's going to be a good year, obviously we're doing a lot of stuff with the Shaka, um, you're going to be a dad, which is super exciting, I'm going to be an uncle, <laughs> um, and we've got a lot of things planned, but yeah. as you said at the start of this podcast, we've wanted this for a very, very long time, yes. we wanted to have a chat. Um, and uh, I think we're finally in a really, really good position now. We've got the podcast studio. Um, we obviously had Jake on last week, um, which was uh, which was absolutely amazing. But uh, I'm really, really happy we can sit down. Friday night was a Friday night. Friday night, I uh, it was just announced that we were in lockdown, and um, we I was sort of sitting at home. Actually, I think I was sitting here. I was sitting at H- HQ doing a bit of work and having a beer by myself, and um, you sent me a message to say, hey, mate, are you still up? And uh, I said, yeah, absolutely. What's up? And you sent me a photo of the Shaka tattoo on your leg, yeah. which is absolutely amazing. And it's something that um, you know we've sort of experienced over the last two or three months. I think four people now, yeah. not including yourself. Maybe four or five. Four yeah. or five people yeah. um, just on Instagram have got the Shaka All Good Bro tattooed on their body, which is Amazing. That's (laughs) fucking incredible. Like, it's just insane. Like, never ever did we imagine that, you know, when we started this, that someone would get that connected to the brand and to the message um, that they'd want to, you know, ink their skin sort of thing. Very uh, surreal seeing it. Yeah. Like, I love Nike, but I'm not going to get Nike tattooed on me. (laughs) You know, so to have people, you know, connect like this is absolutely amazing. But, you know, and then when you sent me your photo, because, you know, we always spoke about actually, we're going to get the tattoo in Bali. Yes. Um, we did get tattoos, but we didn't, we <laughs> we didn't get the shaka tattoos. <laughs> um, but when you sent me that, it was uh, it was you know just absolutely awesome because again, it's it's connected with yourself and um, you know it's probably created our relationship a lot stronger yeah. um, as mates and you know so now we can sort of do some work together and all that sort of shit too. So yep. um, it's pretty crazy. But I want you to tell me about this uh, tattoo because it's obviously got a bit of meaning behind
1: it. Yeah, no, no worries. Um, So it's obviously something I've always wanted to get. Um, Obviously working with the Shaka, it's been a real eye-opener to me. I mean, for men's mental health, everything people go through. Um, So yeah, with my tattoo, I've just got the the Shaka hand logo. On the top of it, I have a date, which is the 27th of July, 20. And then underneath is the 13th of October, 2020. So the 27th of July, for me, has a pretty big meaning because it is when I was pretty much going through the toughest point in my life. Um, recently just going through a breakup with a very long-term partner, uh, moving into Ballarat, starting a new job and, um, yeah, slowly just trying to get better, trying to move through things. And obviously a lot of speed bumps throughout there. Um, but yeah, just, I remember July 27th, I'd just been out on the weekend with all my mates in Geelong. We had a huge weekend for my birthday. Um, awesome night, like one of the best nights I've had in a while. Then Sunday morning came around, I was feeling a bit shit. Um, bit hungover, a yeah, bit of a come down, unfortunately. Um, and then I went and picked up a close friend of mine and we were driving back home and um, had a huge fight. It was, just, it was crap. And then went home with the shits, went to bed pretty much because I felt like shit. Then Monday rolled around and I had to go to work. So, rocked up to work. Monday's usually a pretty stressful day, and that day just topped it off. I was yeah, not in a good way, not in a good mindset, and then, um, yeah, still fighting with this person, and everything just seemed to really get me down. I really hit rock bottom that day, and that was probably the the day where suicide crossed my mind the most in my life. Um, at that point in time, it just seemed like the only answer. Like I didn't couldn't see anything else. I was just in that real shithead space where I was like, all right, this is it. Like, it just made sense. But lucky enough on that day, um, I received a message of someone and it literally probably saved my life. It was a, just a message. And um, I can't remember exactly what it said now, but it was just real, a supportive message. It just really picked me up, really opened my eyes thinking that all right, maybe I do have a meaning. Maybe I do mean something to someone here. So I went home and pretty much just dwelled on that message. I read it over and over and over to the point to where I fell asleep and then it was an, a new day the next day. And I had a better headspace. I felt better, I woke up, I wasn't in a shit mood, obviously coming out from a pretty big weekend, I was healthier. So yeah, that, that's pretty much the meaning towards the, um, the top date. And then the second date, the 13th of October, 2020, was the day that me and Callie found out we're gonna be parents. So that's a pretty big thing for me, especially knowing what could have happened in July. Um, I never get to see my daughter's ultrasound, never, never have a kid really, like all these things I would have missed out on. Like, and it was definitely an eye-opener for me. It was pretty much where I found my reason, like my reason for pretty much getting up in the morning now, my reason for pushing through all this hard shit, reason for every, every day, like with the Shaka, Pushing, raising awareness, helping people through the script that I've been through. Really gives you, like, yeah, something like that, just, yeah, made me push through and gave me something to live for, really. Yeah.
0: So. Amazing, man. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that. That's, it's, right. um, that's incredible. And, I, man, I love how you said, it sounds a bit funny when I say I love how you said it, but um, when you said that it was the only thing that made sense because um, I've been on, you know, podcasts before where I've spoken about, um, you know, the time where I've been in that position and it really is, it is the only one, it's the only option that makes sense to you and it's, um, you know, the, it's its really surreal like you go through these moments and you think nothing else matters in the world right now. Yeah. This is how I'm thinking. Nobody else can change it. Yeah, um, and you're in that headspace. You're in that frame of mind where, you know, you see this is the only option. You're not scared. You're not, you know, you're not terrified. No, nothing like that. You are, um, you know, you just you're ready you know you're, yeah. you're you're in this zone that um that's all you can see and it's obviously in hindsight that's pretty fucking scary yeah because you're is. like holy fuck yeah. you know like if a mate came to me and said all i see is this i'd be like mate come on sit down you know let's let's sort something out, out. Yeah. but you know when you're in that yourself um that is literally all you see and it's it's a really really weird place to be oh definitely fucking look terrifying. back
1: at it now and it's I've never really been, obviously we all have our shit days, but I've never been close to feeling what I felt that day. Um, it's indescribable, like, you, yeah, unless you've been through it, you, you would never understand, I guess, but, yeah, and like, we we preach this shit every day, but I think between us, we're probably the worst for actually reaching out and um, asking for help or even just messaging each other, like, we do check up on each other all the time, but sometimes I I'll be having a shit day and I don't want to be a nuisance to you which I know I'm not but it's just how we think and I think doing this every day as well it's oh, I don't know it's hard to explain it's just we know what we have to do we just don't do it
0: yeah it's I know what you mean man it's like a um, it's you know, it's sort of like the same as being a personal trainer you know you're you're a personal trainer seven days a week and then you expected to go to the gym and work out. Yeah. You know, it's 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 really really tough. And people are like, oh, you've got all these gyms. Why aren't you? you know you, you couldn't not be motivated. You couldn't not be fit. Yeah. But tell you what, there's days I wake up and think, I'm not going to the gym today. Oh, definitely. Man, I you know, feel I, I've that. been training people all week. I've been you know doing all this, doing all that. And it's the same thing here. Like literally every single day, we are dealing with, um, you know, we get messages on the daily about you know suicide, about mental health, about yeah. people really really struggling, and it does take a toll. Um, yeah, on our own sort of daily mental health, and you know, as I mentioned last week with Jake, actually no it was with Jake and Andy um, you know there's days where i 've messaged you and said mate i there 's no chance i 'm jumping on Instagram today, yeah, if you can do it yeah, you exactly. do that and there's there's been times when you 've done the same to me so yeah. um, and you know if if you follow the instagram and there 's absolutely no post for a day or two, which i don 't think there ever has been but but if uh, if there is if there ever is a day that there's uh, there 's no post it 's probably because you know you and I both just need a bit of a break yeah, and definitely. that's totally totally fine you yeah. know that's that's what we need to do to look after ourselves and exactly. um, but no I, I completely agree it's it's really hard to you know preach and preach and preach and then um, you know take a step back and say am I actually having a you know look at my own mental health and yeah. looking after myself and you know we can say that you know everyone should be talking up and doing this and doing that um, but we need to sort of kick ourselves in the gear every now and then and yeah, definitely. I think I did last week like with this um you know another, another lockdown Friday when we found out we're in this other lockdown I sort of you know laughed it off thought fuck only five days whatever that's fine um, and then Friday night I just thought you know I sat at home I thought this is fucking shit yeah, definitely. like having to close the gyms again and um, you know I had Andy reach out and said you know if you if you want to have a chat give me a bell all that yeah. sort of stuff um, and then I sort of sat back and thought you know what I am actually feeling pretty shit you yeah. know I'm feeling oh, shitty and, um, you know it wasn't it wasn't a great feeling it is only five days but but still, you five know, days. Still and five down, days. And Ten days. And all yeah. And, and, you know, we've been burnt last time where yeah. when they said six weeks and it turned to fucking yeah. nine months. So, no, I completely understand, man. And, yeah. um, you know, to receive a text message, you know, on the on the day where you're feeling um, so sort of vulnerable like that is, it's amazing because that's sort of what we're trying to preach is for people just to talk to each other and yeah. to, you know, have that conversation. Um, and if you can send a message to someone every, you know, whether it be every day, every second day, once a week, once a month, you have no idea what that message could oh, do.
1: definitely. I know when I was going through my rough patch, obviously it was a good part of four months of last year. Um, I was very, very quiet about it at first. Like Me and my ex, we split. We didn't really tell anyone. We just told close friends in hope that it would reach out to everyone else, which it never really did. So... We were obviously going through a lot and I never really reached out. And I don't think it was until think you and I went up to Bendigo for the day, just up to the gym. And um, it wasn't until we were driving home, I mentioned it, and we ended up having a huge chat the whole way down, back to Ballarat. And um, it was awesome to finally get it off my chest and talk to someone about it. And then the same day, I was like, All right, I'm going to go catch up with a couple of mates in Geelong and let them know. So I drove down there and we um, had a few drinks, just sat down and spoke. And I think I got down there, it was about seven at night and, Next thing I look at the time, it's four in the morning and we'd just been talking the whole time just yeah. about all of our shit, like getting everything off our chest. And like, it was awesome. It was a just a huge weight off my chest. And um, I think it's definitely something that everyone needs to do, especially for me. Like Friday, I was out for lunch with some work friends and we seen that we're going into lockdown. I was like, fuck, all right, here we are back in lockdown again. And I had a friend who was tattooing down in Melbourne for the day. So I messaged her, I was like, hey, do you have any free time she goes oh, I can tattoo six till midnight or whatever come down so for me I went down there got obviously the Shaka tattoo got a bit of other stuff done and that was my therapy for the day like shit day shit news all right I'm gonna go down and get a tattoo and just zone out for a few hours and deal with it a bit differently than yeah. last time
0: so. yeah absolutely and it's um you yeah, know obviously we all have to find those things that you know, it's self care and self love and all that sort of stuff, and that's probably what I did Friday night when I was here by myself playing Xbox. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had had a cheeky beer by myself, and it felt really good. You know, it was just yeah. nice and relaxing. But, um, yeah, and it's you know that conversation that you had, you know, obviously with myself on the way back from Bendigo, and then obviously with your mates in Geelong. Um, it's I think it's becoming a lot more common now, like where blokes can talk about, especially with relationships. Um, you know, five or six years ago, we probably couldn't talk about that crap no, because it was much. always like, "Oh, well, you know, should be right, just move on," and plenty of fish um, in the sea. yeah, plenty more fish in the see. But um, you know, we've had open conversations about my relationship, about your relationship, yep. um, you know, Jake's relationship as well. And I think it's we're at a point where that's becoming a little bit more normal, and then we can directly link that to mental health because you know, a lot of the time when those relationship break up, um, you know especially the people around them, they don't really see what has actually happened Definitely, or what's going yeah. on. Yeah. Um and it doesn't really matter who's you know, who's at fault, whether anyone's at fault, any of that sort of stuff. But yeah. at the end of the day, both people are gonna be struggling.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Um,
0: both people are gonna be going through some shit, whether it be bad or good. Yeah, exactly right. So it's sort of about, you know, especially with men, not being the bloke that says, No, nah, right, I'll I'll just move on, I'm I'm fine because you know, you're not a you're not a superhuman. Yeah, yeah you're, you're gonna feel shit. Yeah. Um, unless you've been with this person for three days and just you know it, it obviously wasn't meant to be yeah. um, but if you've been in a relationship with someone for an extended period of time and then one day you lose them you know yeah. it's okay not to be okay yeah, I mean, you're going right. to be pretty
1: shit yeah. that's definitely right and I know like, even for me when I was younger I was probably very arrogant towards not as much mental health I always sort of understood that but more towards like anxiety um, depression to an extent and stuff like that I just I just thought just get over it sort of thing I was one of those people until I went through it myself and all personally seeing friends go through it and it is very it's a big eye opener like anxiety attacks the amount I had last year I couldn't even count and I had no idea what they were like people would tell me I was like oh fuck they're over exaggerating like it can't be that bad and not until you have it you've got no idea yeah and same as like I guess there's a lot of people out there that would say when I was thinking about suicide all I had in the back of my head was like all right, I'm going to be leaving everyone behind. There's going to be that group that is going to be like, all right, now she's like, that's him being selfish. You shouldn't have been doing that, blah, 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 which is a pretty big stigma around mental health, being selfish, taking your own life. But I think, unless you've been there, unless you've been at your absolute rock bottom, you don't understand. Like, it's easy to say that it's selfish, but if you've been there, you'll understand.
0: Yeah, no, it's, um, it's, it's a really, really. Obviously, it's an emotional time for the person going through it, and um, I, I think I was probably the same when I was younger. I, I mean, obviously, I had my father went through a lot of mental health stuff, but I was under the impression that it was just him. I didn't know that the whole wide world yeah. you know, had this had this big issue. I didn't obviously know how big it was back then. Yeah. Um, and then, obviously, when I started going through it, I think I obviously, I've talked about this before, I, I knew early that I was going through mental health issues, but um, it was more about speaking about their mental health issues you know i had mates that were big tough guys with you know with bloody face tattoos and you know ran streets about Ballarat, i wasn't gonna go up to them and say hey mate i've I've been crying a lot lately you know it was just it was never going to happen so um you know if we if we continue this conversation about you know getting these men to actually speak up and then one day if we you know are in that situation where there's school kids that are able to go and talk to their mates or to their other you know their peers or yeah. teachers, professional parents or you know whoever it might be um and just say, "Look, I think I'm going through mental health issues or you know even if they're not even if they're just having a bit of a rough patch yeah. um they can actually go and talk to this person and say, "Look, I think I need to get checked up oh, definitely. um and I think that's that's one big change that we're starting to see a little bit. Um, within schools and within sort of younger you know footy clubs, we've got you know footy clubs and stuff coming on board with the Shackle, which is yeah. pretty cool. Um, but yeah, it's it's really scary, especially coming through high school. We went to the high school, same high school. Yeah, same yeah, high we school. We did. Um, and I don't think I knew you in high school.
1: No, I knew of you. That's yeah, that's not good. Yeah,
0: no. All good at all Um, but uh, yeah, but w- I was probably you know. I don't know what you knew of me, but I was probably sort of seen as this kid that was just an absolute dropkick that was you know, loud and obnoxious and never had a problem in the world, but I was always hiding that shit.
1: Yeah, I understand that. It's one of the easiest ways to cover what you're going through is be the happiest person in the room or be that one that always looks like they're not going through something and it's just the way people cover it. So.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think I, the way I tried to cover it was obviously all the... All the shit that I got up to, um, you know, throughout high school with all the, you know, drugs and alcohol all that yeah, sort of definitely. stuff. Um, but you know, also my appearance. You know, I, I, <laughs> did you ever have a dirty blonde patch in your hair? Oh yeah, <laughs> like, oh, I've mate. had every. Oh, I had every yeah. color hair under the sun. I had, had a point. dirty blonde <laughs> patch back of my head, front of my head. Yeah. I had um, that. And people that, w- that go to school with me will be pissing themselves laughing because I thought I was the hottest motherfucker oh, in the school. Everyone did. Everyone had it. Oh, so good. Um, and then I got a tattoo when I was, I think I was 15. So yeah, I was the only four. person in the years, in the year and up that had a tattoo. I
1: think I was 14 when I got my first tattoo. Yeah,
0: I was like, <laughs> fuck you, I'm so cool. Yeah. Um, Mine was on the Southern Cross, though. So. <laughs> hey, nothing wrong with the Southern Cross. Um, there's actually a lot of stuff wrong with the Southern
1: Cross.
0: <laughs> uh, yes, but I tried to obviously cover it up with all that. Yeah. Um, and, you know, all the, all the stupid shit I was doing every weekend and... Um, you know, I think I, the first time I ever approached anyone about it was, was my father, um, and sort of talked to him about, you know, his mental health and yeah. and all that sort of stuff. I didn't really understand, you know, everything that would, would you know, that he was showing me and he was teaching me and he was explaining to me about his own journey. But um, you know, to be able to have that conversation really, really early was absolutely massive for me. Yeah. And this is probably something that, you know, you obviously gotta be a father soon. I am a father. Um, and it's pretty fucking scary. It's obviously the most amazing thing that you'll ever go through, yeah. Being a father, um, but it's the scariest thing you'll ever go through
1: oh, as definitely. well. Definitely, I haven't had any um, any nerves or worries kick in, but I'm getting yeah, well, closer to the day yeah. it's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, it will.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's. Uh, it look, it's 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 scary because you're literally you're moulding this human, and yeah. um, you know, I I had a great childhood. My parents were absolutely amazing. Um, you know, my parents split up when I was pretty young. But it didn't have a huge um, impact on me. You know, obviously it was it was tough not living with dad and all that sort of stuff, but um, you know, they were both very, very supportive, all that sort of stuff too. And, you know, they always taught me, if you want something, go and do it yourself. They never yeah. gave me anything. It was always, yeah. you know, go do your own stuff. Um, you know, fall off your bike and get back up yeah. and oh, keep well, riding sort the way of way thing. Very much the same. Yeah. If you
1: want it, you work for it. Yeah, exactly do right. It yourself, sort of thing.
0: And it was, you know, when Riley came along, I thought, "How am I gonna, how am I gonna do the same thing?" Because, yeah. you know, I feel like I turned out alright, but I, <laughs> I went through some shit which I wasn't pretty yeah, good at. Yeah. <laughs> so it was like, you know, did I, did I, you know, go through that stuff because they brought me up wrong, or was it just because I was rebelling? Yeah. Do I bring her up like this? Do I be really, really, really relaxed? Do I be really strict? Yeah. Um, it's fucking scary. I think
1: at the end of the day, it's just gonna probably for you, like you've already you've been doing it for years now, but. I think it's something you can plan as much as you want but it's just it's going to come naturally.
0: Okay. That's exactly right. That's that's what I've sort of worked out over the last 2 years it's um 3 years. Um <laughs> it's it is it's all natural. Yeah. You know you just they come along and they start to teach you more than you're teaching them yeah, exactly. sort of thing. Um and what you said before about you know that being a motivation I remember when you know Miranda was pregnant with Riley I was so motivated I was thought I'm going to make this Child's the best life possible, and I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do that, I'm gonna make sure it's well looked after, all that sort of stuff. Um, and then when it comes along, you turn into this soppy piece of shit. Oh, you're okay. yeah, <laughs> like, I've got I'm nothing. i cried at every just, yeah. you just like, fuck. every
1: time something happens, I'm like, oh, fuck, I'm just yeah.
0: getting real emotional now. <laughs> yeah, no, and and like it, it gets worse, it gets so something much worse. You know, if um, the amount of times where I've, I've had a rough week and walked in and, and seen them and just fucking lost it, yeah, um, yeah. just you know absolutely crashed in tears yeah um you know driving home or i you know did a buddy half marathon a few years ago and i was absolutely struggling about 18 k's in and um i had riley written on my wrist and looked at that and fucking burst out in tears while yeah. i was running and Gives you that extra push. trying to wipe off my tears while i'm running <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but um yeah look it's it's obviously the most amazing motivation, the amazing reason for, you know, to keep yourself around. And, yep. um, it's sort of like that, that, you know, piece of gold that you never want to, let, you know, let go. And, yeah, definitely. um, it really ignites everything in you. Yeah. Um, which is pretty amazing. So I, I can't wait for you to have baby. Yeah.
1: I can't wait. <laughs> it's coming pretty quick now. Like, oh, I suppose we knew from week one, like, um, to week eight, we didn't tell anyone done the first ultrasound. And I think that day we told our parents and then, I think I told you and a couple of other close mates, but it wasn't to really 12 weeks where it sort of flew. And then we are like, cool, we can tell everyone. It's like, we're not keeping a secret from everyone anymore. And then 12 weeks to 22 weeks today, it's just gone. So it's 22 quick. weeks. 22 Fuck. weeks today, yeah. That is quick. Yeah, so it's just flown. And I think it's just gonna get getting quicker. And especially uh, apart from this lockdown, we've got engagement parties, birthdays, like everything coming up over the next few months. And it just, everything goes so quick. Yeah. Plus, yeah, obviously working full-time and yeah, it goes a lot quicker than what you think it would Yeah, be. <laughs> especially
0: when they're born, it goes even quicker. Yeah. So, mate, let's go back to when you first came for the gym. So, obviously you wanted to come and uh, lose a bit of weight, share a little weight. Tell me about yeah. that. What was your, what was your reason for, for getting into
1: it? Yeah, cool. Um, so, throughout high school, I was always scrawny, probably 60 kilos wet, if that. <laughs> um, and then, obviously, coming into 18, up to we're 23 years old i was drinking fucking every weekend um i ended up really having like a pretty toxic relationship with alcohol throughout the years and i gained a lot of weight i think the biggest I ended up getting was like 105 kilos and i was always uncomfortable i'd buy like 3xl shirts just to try and cover my fucking, what i thought was a stomach which wasn't even that big but when i look back i thought i was huge um I was just always uncomfortable. We'd go out, like, clubbing or going out for the night. I'd walk around sucking my stomach in all night just so I felt comfortable. Um, It got to the point where I wouldn't even take my shirt off in front of my best mates or my family or anything like that. If we were at the river, I'd swim in a T-shirt. I wouldn't even hop in the water. So I thought, all right, this is um, pretty shit. I need to fix this. Um, So, yeah, I came into the gym wanting to lose weight, um, which I did quite quickly. I think the first eight weeks, me and you trained. I think I lost 17 kilos. And then a month later we'd done a eight week challenge and I dropped back down to another 20, 25, kilos in total, um, which was great. I loved it. And then, yeah, so that was what I wanted to do starting off. Then obviously you mentioned going into weight training and stuff like that. Um, I think this is like a big turning point for me. I, I've reached out to a lot of people about this as well. I became very obsessed with myself, like to the points where I was going through body dysmorphia, um, weighing myself five or six times a day. It got to the point to where Kelly pretty much had to hide the scales. I was coming home, I was never happy. I was looking in the mirror, pinching any bit of fat that I could find. And um, I think that all stemmed back because I was like, I want to lose 25 kilos. It's a huge total. It's going to look really impressive when I post about it. But in hindsight, it was like, maybe I should have dropped 15 kilo and not that extra bit of weight. And I would have sat comfortably. So um, yeah, for the last probably eight months, going through body dysmorphia um, has been tough. Like, I'm currently training for powerlifting comp, so that's picked me up a lot more. I'm feeling healthier, I've got the weight back on, um, I've got muscle back on, so I think this is what I needed to really pull me out of that shit spot. Um, but when I was going through it, I was lucky enough that one of the one of the really good Shaka followers, Egan, um, has always been quite open with his struggles with it and how he went through it you know, like for the last few years of his life or since he was younger. So I was fortunate enough to have someone like him that I could reach out to, talk to, um, point me in the direction of people that I could speak to about it and stuff like that. So um, yeah, so I've gone through that, come out the other side now better, I can put the scales away, I'll stop focusing on how I look and just focus on how I feel now. Um, and that's made my training and everything else so much better now. Like powerlifting comp, I've, the first week, first four weeks of my training was unreal. I've had a pretty shit week the last week just um, thinking I need a break and then I'm coming into another three weeks before before comp or four weeks before comp and feeling good and yeah, keen to see what brings, so.
0: Yeah, awesome yeah. man, and like the, this is something that I've seen, um, you know, obviously doing personal training um, for a fair amount of time now, It's it's a lot of, Yeah, in the industry especially over the last 11 years it's completely changed like when i first started personal training there was no instagram um well if there was it was you know for photographers um it wasn't what it is now so the 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 social media pressure that everybody's under um, to look a certain way and to be a certain way and to be a certain weight um to to you know, have abs to have a six-pack, yeah. all that sort of shit. Definitely, um, it's completely changed. You know, I, I remember when back when I first started training, the the one thing that we relied on when we were training the gym was YouTube. We used to YouTube, you know, Phil Heath workout. Yeah, and definitely. we used to look, look at this monster that Phil Heath was. We knew we were never going to look like him. Yeah, but like oh, if he does shoulders like that, I'm going to do shoulders like that. Yeah. So one day I'm going to have shoulders like him. Yeah, um, that was such a small thing. Now Instagram is such a massive aspect of everybody's lives oh, 100%. you know males and females they see certain people and you know they're not Phil Heath they're normal you know quotation normal people Yeah. Um, so they think well you know I could be like that I should be like that I need to look like that yeah. why does he look like that why does she look like that yeah. when I look like this and um, it's it's something that it's obviously pretty, pretty fucking toxic oh, definitely. Um, you know a lot of people <clears throat> struggle with it um, a lot of trainers you know again you know throughout the the time that i've been being personal trainer it's it's gone from trainers that just want to get the best out of their clients yeah to trainers that just want to get the best out of their clients yeah, which definitely. means they want their clients to promote them as much as they fucking want as much as they fucking can without actually caring about the client yeah you, you see that a lot lately yeah yeah a lot <laughs> um and it's really scary it's real, you know if if we can go back 11 years and show these trainers now of how it's meant to be done and how people should have been doing it since then, um, I absolutely would because it's it's really it's hurting people, it's killing people, yeah. especially females. I feel so sorry for females in in um, the fitness industry that are trying to achieve this perfection because we look up to people. Females just want that look, they want this, want that, yeah. and you know if you want to look like that, then absolutely go for it. But understand that. Nobody's ever going to look like someone else. someone else. You know, they look like them because that's them. Yeah. They they look like them because of this, because of that. Um, and you need to be happy with the way you are. You need to be happy with the with the, with the things you do, the person you are, um, and that you know nothing happens overnight. One of the best things I've learned, um, this is in the business sense. A person came to me one day when I was really really struggling. He said, "Once uh, the master was once a disaster." Mm. And that really, really resonated with me because I was I was absolutely struggling. I was fucking miserable. I'm pretty sure it was through the first lockdown. Yeah. Um, and someone said that. I thought, wow, that's that's pretty cool. And, you know, it's the same thing with fitness. There was once where, you know, Phil Heath was a basketball player and he was, you know, he didn't have abs. He didn't have yep. shoulders that looked like fucking basketballs. Um, he didn't have any of these the sort of stuff. There was times where this woman on Instagram that has a million followers and, uh, you know, a, a perfect peach bum and all that sort of shit didn't have that there was was once a time where that was never around so um for people to sort of jump on and see this and then just get that sort of obsession to look like this and to feel like this and um and all that sort of shit is really really scary and I think if we can start to tell people more about you know it's about how you feel as a person it's about what you're doing as a person as well if you don't like fitness don't fucking go for a run yeah, you know like yeah. if you don't want to <laughs> if you don't want to do all this shit that all these promoters are doing don't, don't do it, it yeah. you know it's pretty fucking you kill yourself trying to do it yeah exactly right um, and it's you know it, I love people with self confidence I love people that preach confidence and preach all this sort of stuff too but you've got to be real you've got to be authentic um, you've got to give you know authentic content and not fake that shit you know the old fake it till you make it is uh may work with certain things but it doesn't work with people's emotions
1: yeah definitely i agree with um finding confidence and feeling good about yourself is like it's a very it's a good thing to see it's a even it's a very attractive um thing on someone as well like me five years ago up until probably six months ago would never take my like like i said would never take my top off swimming or anything like that we'd be at a mate's house having some drinks in the sun and they'd all be in there like taking their tops off and stuff and they'd be getting into me like why aren't you doing it I was like no I'm, fucking, I'm fat I don't feel comfortable sort of thing and it wasn't until probably I think it was Hottest 100 Day this year so only a month ago um, I went from being that person to not having their top off around all your mates to being the only person outside and my mate looked at me and goes have a look at you fucking top off out <laughs> of everyone else here you're the only one doing it and I was like yeah shit I never really thought of it like that I'm that, always that person and never did and I think as well being like Kelly's a very confident person. She's never fucking. She's not scared of anything. She'll tell people exactly how it is. She'll post whatever she wants because she's that confident. I think it's starting to rub off on me a lot more. Just to be happy with who you are. Be confident. And um, yeah, preaching confidence is a big thing and something that I'm starting to do and want to do a lot more. And I think I've learned a lot off Kelly with that. I've learned a lot off like you, Jake, Narelle, all the all the other trainers and stuff like that. If if you're not confident, you're not you're not going to sell it and. It's definitely something you
0: need to be, and yeah. Yeah, absolutely, and authentic confidence, as I said before, you know, obviously, what you did at that HOS 100 was authentic. You didn't do it just just to impress anyone or just to, you know, get your mate talking. You did it because it was authentic. It was exactly something that you want to do. So, um, you know, these sort of Instagram people that post stuff about confidence that aren't confident, you know, you're damaging yourself and you're damaging other people. Yeah, definitely. Um, and it's really, really scary. But, you know, if we can, if we can, again, you know, just get people to understand that every single person on this planet, you, you know, myself, you, Jake, the bloody Baker down the road, fucking everyone has an, has a role and has an impact and can have an impact on anybody that they come across. Yeah, definitely. And that's sort of our message with the Shaka project. You know, if you can um, be kind to the to the parking inspector, which you know <laughs> I've very got four, hard yeah <laughs> very hard. I've got four tickets last week. Um, but if you can show that kindness and can you can show that empathy and that understanding towards someone about whether it be taking that top off or whether it be about, um, you know, going through a, a relationship with, you know, a relationship breakdown. Yep. If you can be that empathetic person, you know, and it's, it's again, worse with males. I've been around groups of, of footy players that, you know, a, a guy gets dumped and all these guys are taking the piss out of him. Yeah. You know, that's 10 situation. years ago, that was, that was you know, the normal thing to do, yeah. but now and we've all been there. Like yeah, been there. <laughs> absolutely. You got, I mean, you got to think about it. This guy's—he might be laughing it off and going, "Oh yeah, she dumped me, yeah. fucking whatever." But when he's at home by yeah, Or Is he's not around right? his mates, yeah, yeah. It, it it kicks in. So, um, if we can get people being empathetic and being, you know, having that sort of kindness in their heart to be able to say hello to everyone, and and again, as you said earlier, you, you got that random message out of the blue. Um, if we can send that message to people yeah. and just say, hey, mate, you know, I hope you're doing well. Miss you. Love you. You know, I get messages from Andy three or four times a week just saying, love you, mate. Yeah. Same. Yeah, you, know, you, you get the exact same thing. Um, you know, little messages like that are just huge. Yeah. they make your day, especially yeah.
1: usually his is in the morning. Yeah. Or yeah. in the afternoon and you're having a shit day and you get back and you're like, oh, fuck, maybe it's not that. Yeah.
0: He's usually he's really good with timing. He is. (laughs) He definitely is. Pretty sure he's Confucius. Like he he just fucking knows that um he always just pops out out of nowhere. But yeah, yeah, if we can if we can be that be that person that you need when you're going through shit times.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I think one good thing, especially since I've been with the Shaka, um I've noticed like me and my mates we never Oh, I should say I've got different groups of mates but my mates in Geelong who I hang out with quite frequently and have for the last few years we would never talk about our feelings like we'd get pissed have the odd DM here and there but it was never anything like it should be um, and we've all gone through a lot um, and it's probably been I'm going to say I'll probably since I went through all my shit last year where I reached out to my friends and well everyone really I sent them all a message saying Look, this is what's happened this is what I'm going through um, if you don't hear from me, this is why, if you do hear from me, this is why, and I think for a good two or three months, I was getting probably two or three messages a day just from random mates all just saying, hey, hope you're all good or thinking of your mate or even little things like, come down for dinner tonight, we'll catch up and stuff like that, which is really good because I've never seen that with a group of mates. Obviously, if we knew someone was upset, we would message them, but we would never go out of our way to sort of check in on each other. And um, I've had a few mates message me saying like, we catch up, um, I need to see a talk. And I think me obviously starting with the Shaka and talking about this every day, promoting it, they might feel a lot more confident and comfortable talking to me about it. So um, it's been really good having me and mates reach out when we would never would have any other time. And um, it's a bit, I don't know the word I'm thinking of, but it just feels great like yeah, knowing that, awesome what we're doing is actually working. Like I've got my dad, he's a fucking—he's as soft as I am, but you look at him, his head to toe covered in tattoos, looks like the meanest person. And even since doing this, like hes he opens up a lot more now. Um, and just seeing like my family, everyone supports the Shaka and I think they're a bit more understanding about it now. Um, my sister, she went through a bad anxiety and stuff in high school and stuff like that. And even she's a lot more confident now. She she couldn't even go up and pay for stuff at the supermarket now she's got her first job she's working where she used to deal with people all the time and it's just good to see and it's been since the Shaka and sort of everyone talking about it and opening up and understanding that you're not the only people that go through this and so it's been yeah a real eye opener for me since doing it seeing a group of mates where we would not really talk about anything we'd just get pissed and have a little M here and there so being able to catch up stone sober and we would talk about it and ask each other how we are or yeah
0: and yeah, it's been good. And so, break the ice. Yeah, we talk about this a lot as well. The the icebreaker. Um, you know, especially with group of mates. And uh, we did a, a post a while ago. Actually, I did an email a while ago about um, breaking the ice. Actually, no, I did a podcast as well, <laughs> a few episodes ago. And this was this would have been last year. Um, about breaking the ice. About being that bloke in your friendship group that you know invites all the boys around for a beer and sits down and says, "Right, boys, tonight." I want to talk about my mental health. Well, tonight we're yeah. all going to be talking about a mental health, um, and you know, you invite ten boys over, and you know, there's a 98% chance that all ten boys are going to look at you and say, "What, a fucking, whatever, mate? That's we'll just have a few beers and yeah. you know, watch footy, whatever." But you've also got 98% chance that every single one of those blokes will message you the next day and say, yeah, "Hey, definitely. mate." Didn't want to say anything last night, but I really appreciate you doing that. Yeah. I'm actually struggling. Yeah. Um, oh, and that's happened a lot. Like. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, breaking the ice between people. And I found it as soon as um, I did the very first post for the Shackle Project, I had mates that I've been mates through high school, through primary school, um, that, again, you know, covered with tattoos, fucking tough as nails, all that sort of stuff, that messaged me and say, mate, this is exactly what I needed. Yeah. Um, you know, I didn't know that you went through shit. I'm actually going through some shit right now. Can we catch up? Have a yeah. beer? have a chat and I think um, as I said with, with Jake last week in our little group um, you know I can easily name 10, 12, 15 people that I can go to right now if I'm having a shit time yeah definitely. Um, and that's 12, 15 people more than there was 3 years ago yeah 100% um, and that's not saying I have more people in my life now it's saying that the ice is broken and, yeah. and those you know guys can, can do it to, to us yeah
1: and everyone yeah. understands everyone's going through it everyone's been through it so yeah, definitely. It's um, I'm the same since obviously moving to Ballarat. I'm um, a lot, lot more common here now, like in Ballarat. So we're training in the gym and stuff like that. Whereas if I only had my Shalong friends, now I've got all you guys, which are like these are all family. So I've got like, all you. Like, I know I can open up to you guys about anything, especially like you, Jake, um, Andy. We have got Bert as well. Um, like everyone, like I could open up to anyone I wanted to right now, and I knew I wouldn't be being in. A hassle like they'd, you'd be happy to listen and whereas if 12 months ago maybe from two years ago I wouldn't have thought I'd had anyone there to talk to um, so yeah it's great yeah it's good that absolutely. what we're doing is working and yeah um, yeah I think it's good to see people yeah, actually reaching out and not being scared to talk like that stigma around being a bloke or you can't talk you can't cry but fuck, everyone talks everyone cries like, yeah.
0: Like, Fucking hope. yeah absolutely. Yeah. and I think it's it's probably more important as well that we say this that we have this friendship group as well and we have these discussions because you know we do you know as we said sort of touched on at the start of the podcast we do run this um, you know this page and we do all these posts and all that sort of stuff um, but that doesn't mean that we are mental health warriors doesn't mean that mm. we've fucking fought through this demon and we, we know the answers to everything No one does because know there's <laughs> still things that we're like fuck that's a kick in the dick like yeah. how are we going to get through this or how am I going to get through this shit and um, you know that we don't wake up every day with with you know, sunshine and fucking rainbows. No, you know, it's, there's days that we both wake up. Um, you know, whether it be myself and and you, or or you know Jake or the other guys, and we're always going to wake up every now and then feeling absolutely horrible. And I think if we were the kind of people that were just to say, well, you know, we'll push through that, just get over it, all that sort of shit, well, that would be pretty fucking silly, I yeah, imagine. Definitely. Um But you know, the 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 fact that we are able to talk about it we still talk about it every single day Um, you know this is technically you know a job for us we do this but I think the more important thing we do is step away from that aspect and actually have those conversations actually talk about it Um, you know myself yourself me all the other boys you all the other boys girls all that sort of stuff um, we can actually you know continue to talk about our feelings and and how we're we're going um, through every sort of every day, every kick in the dick, every, you know, <laughs> everything that pops up. Yeah. It's oh. absolutely amazing. So, mate, thank you so much for the chat. That's all good, man. Um, thank you. Before you go, what, uh, what's what's your next 12 months? Obviously you're gonna be a dad. Yeah. Um, you get a powerlifting competition in what, four weeks? Four weeks, yeah. Four weeks. Um, what's next to you, what's next after that?
1: Um, yeah, like, trying to pretty much yeah, plan the next 12 months is, yeah, being a dad. Getting everything ready for the little one when she comes along. Um, training for my powerlifting comp. After that, I don't know what I'm going to do. Powerlifting's a lot different to my normal training, and I feel fucking unfit. I can't <laughs> run anymore. So maybe do this powerlifting comp and have a bit of a break and start running again. And
0: There was times that we were running, what, I think we did 18K? Yeah, 18, 19K. Online.
1: I went for a run, and they were 600 metres in, and I had to stop. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah so
1: um, yeah, probably take a different turn in training if it's something... If powerlifting is something that I don't want to stick with. It was just something good to try, step out of my comfort zone. Uh, but yeah, next 12 months will definitely be just focusing on whether staying at my current job or looking for a, a future job, um, just cementing myself down, getting life sorted. Just You said wife or life? Wife.
0: Oh. <laughs> no, 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 wife. <laughs> a bit of an announcement then. No, nah, nah.
1: um, <laughs> Unless we're going to have a box party. So. Um, yeah, no, just getting life sorted and just. Just getting honestly just getting ready for the baby like it's my biggest priority at the moment apart from like myself and kelly and looking out for everyone else it's just yeah being ready to have a little freaking human running yeah, around it's crazy man you know, there's gonna be anything like kelly you're gonna know exactly oh it. my <laughs> god lord help us yeah it's gonna be the devil Fuck,
0: especially a girl too yeah I mean, i've known kelly since year nine Yeah. and she, i've been scared of her since <laughs> year nine
1: uh, <laughs> and like, she'll she'll vouch for this i remember when i started the gym I was always uncomfortable there. Running on the treadmill and she would always come in and out of the gym. Every day, it just happened to be when I was training, and I was on the treadmill. She'd fucking walk through the door with this look on her head. Like, she is scary. She's scary. Well, she finds me. <laughs> and now I deal with that daily. <laughs>
0: she is terrifying, but we love her. Yeah, she's all right. Thanks so much, mate. <laughs> no worries, thank you. See ya.